There's a difference between self-care and self-worship, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, in, in my case, Mike, I'm carrying an, an injury of years, but it finally got to the point where uh, my body said enough is enough. And I, I have to learn to say no to so many things that I automatically used to say yes to. But I just need you also, I think, I think the key is always the heart. It's the issue of the heart. And I, I believe that if, what, what is your motivation when, when you do things? Okay. Is it all, because that will lead you to do the things that you are doing or to live the life that you live. And I, I also want to, to remind everyone, we are, yes, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, and just as, as they used to beautify the temple and make, and make sure it's clean and functional and, and uh, all of that, I think that we, it's not, it's, it's very good to take care of our health. But when that becomes your idol, when health and when, when uh, wellness is beyond that, uh, uh, which is making sense, and it becomes everything and nothing else is, it matters anymore. And you can, again, it's a matter of the heart. I've seen a lot of people that are in the wellness, in the helping, but yet they are wonderful followers of Christ that they know that unless you have Christ, all of this means nothing. That's right. Just, uh, and I saw that myself when I went to see a couple of those chiropractors in America during the last, uh, uh, you know, tour in California and also in Texas and in Virginia. These people are wonderful, godly people who understood that they may help me with my back. But this is nothing unless you know the Lord. And uh, what's the point of being the strongest and best looking, the most successful person on planet Earth, but not have eternal life? And not not. that's why I think when Peter said, where can we go? (laughs) You are the one with the words of eternal life. That's it. So with with the fact that we need to live now and occupy now, our mind must be eternally oriented. And remember that what matters the most is, of course, eternal life. And without walking with the Lord today, you won't see him tomorrow. Well, that's very helpful, very helpful answers. And I, I just naturally want to come back to you, Jan. Uh, Kathy is asking this, which is also a very, very profound question. Kathy asks, how do you balance this, this whole topic with Jesus teaching that he came so that we may have life and life have it more abundantly? See, that's one of the verses, the prosperity gospel, they yeah, exploit right. that. Is this the lead, is this leading the people astray? I mean, what do you think about that verse and how do you properly interpret it? And then let's go around to Pastor Barry and Amir on that. Because yeah. I think this is the silver bullet. The prosperity mm. gospel uses this particular verse. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting an abundant life here on earth. But again, aren't we then having our focus here on this life? And isn't the Bible asking us to... Think upon these the things that are above where Jesus is, mm-hmm. which is eternity and heaven. So um, I guess, and maybe I'm at a phase of life 
where what's on this earth no longer holds my attention. I mean, saving souls holds my attention beyond that. Not, not much else does. Uh, preparing for eternity is what I'm focusing on almost all the time. And that would mean winning souls, etc. cetera. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, what does the word abundant mean? And I don't know. I mean, I know God doesn't want us to be moping and to have a, a miserable life. He wants us to enjoy as much of this life as we can, as long as we keep it in balance. And I yeah. think the world today can't keep that in balance. And I think the prosperity teachers have helped throw it out of balance, as have the self-help people thrown it out of balance. So I, there's a yeah. balance to keep in there. Um, you know, I'll pass it to Barry to see what he has to say. Well, I think the important thing is, as with any particular passage in Scripture, you have to quote the uh, the verse within context. And that opening statement of that verse sets the context for that statement. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, in contrast, I have come that you might have life and have it superabundantly. And uh, that word actually means to be uh, excessively blessed. And it has nothing to do with material things and everything to do with spiritual blessings. So we have received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We've already been told that uh, by Paul. And this is what Jesus is talking about. It has nothing to do with material prosperity. It has everything to do with living a life in spite of what Satan is trying to do to you. Uh, a life that is filled with richness and abundance. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I saw this thing uh, talking about the selfies and all that. I, I watched this video presentation of a photographer who travels to different places in the world. And uh, instead of taking selfies, he does something interesting. He goes up to random people, and it's usually in a tourist-type spot. And uh, and he, he seems to pick out you know, just ordinary uh, people from just uh, basic walks of life. And he walks up to them and he says, can I take your picture? And, uh, oh, really, what's it for? He said, well, I'm working on a project. And they asked, what's the project? He said, I'm taking pictures of beautiful things. And, wow. and the response from people is just stunning. Uh, some people immediately start to cry. Uh, others, you can just see their countenance change. And what he's doing is he's going around encouraging other people. There's mm. nothing, you know, he's not doing this as a Christian or a, a opportunity to open the door for ministry or share the gospel. He's just doing that because his heart is people are so discouraged and they feel so alone. So what's he yeah. do? He goes around, and tells them they're beautiful. And, uh, you know, I think if we get away from this kind of thing and not let the prosperity teachers hijack the scripture and recognize that we have the opportunity to live a super abundant spiritual life because greater is he who is in us than he who is in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll better understand exactly what, yes. that, what that passage means. Yeah, I hope Amir, no thoughts. I, I just hope nobody uh, called the police for that guy. Uh, uh, yeah, in today's day and age, harassment, yeah. you know, for harassment. Yeah, yeah. But, um, this is probably um, <laughs> I would say this: some of the most miserable people I've ever seen in my life were wealthy, That's very right. wealthy. But I will also tell you, some of the most money-centered people I've ever seen in my life are actually poor people that are always thinking about money. So mm-hmm. I'm saying it doesn't really matter if you have a lot or if you don't have it all. Where is your heart? 
Because if your heart is not in the right place, you can have the love of money, which is the root of all evil. Mm. When you're dirt poor, or you can also have it when you're super rich. And and by the way, those prosperity preachers, if you really notice, they never settle for anything. Uh, they always need to have something better. I mean, if, when there is a better jet, they'll get the, 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 the better jet. And there is a, a, a faster and then the faster. It will never stop because... You can never, ever satisfy yourself if that's all you're looking for. And stuff will never satisfy us. Gadgets will never satisfy us. You'll always need another one if that's all you need and want. And so I'm thinking to myself, um, the me generation is a characteristic of the end times not for anything great, but for a very bad example. And so if if that's a bad example, then I'm saying to myself, how can I live life that is not like that? And so, and by the way, I think the ultimate uh, sign of success is friends and family. Uh, and the, and, and also, and the most important thing is the, is the, um, um, uh, I guess magnitude that you have in your life in order to prom- to promote the gospel mm. no matter in, in no matter what capacity you have in, no matter uh, you're a writer you're a radio person you're you're a speaker or you're just uh, you know you work in some working place whatever it is you need to speak out and you need to communicate the gospel and because this is it I'm thinking I'm thinking about the, the, the person who was uh, for um, for so long paralyzed right by the pools of Bethesda, if you remember, mm-hmm. in John chapter 5. In John chapter 5. And it's very interesting, Mike, because Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, I mean, what kind of a question is this? But yeah. apparently some people don't. I mean, some people prefer the situation in which wow. they are. But, but interesting, love, Mike. The interesting, I mean, a few years ago, there was a, a family with a handicapped uh, son that came to Israel with me. And we went to the pools of Bethesda. And, and the mother said, can you pray for my son to get healed? This is a place of healing. And I said, well, if you really read the scriptures, uh, the, the story well, you understand that the physical healing of that man didn't really help him uh, at all. In fact, you need a spiritual healing uh, rather than a physical one first. Because he may have been walking, but I'm not sure I'm going to see him in eternity. I'm not sure. Yeah. And so most important thing, of course, is is how you walk with the Lord. Rather, is how you walk physically or how you, whatever you own, what you have. And you know what, Mike? Every person can communicate the gospel somehow. Uh, and And, you know, that's what we need to do. Yeah, I love what all of you said that there is a balance here and self-care is different from self-worship. Like, so when I go to the gym and I'm no specimen, believe me, some of the people that I look at, they love themselves. They look in the mirror, they're doing selfies and it's almost like, wow, like you said, Amir, you could heal the body and then they become maybe even self-worshippers as a result and miss out on the blessings yeah. that God has in store for them. And many of them are imperfect state. <clears throat> yeah, Mike, so, many of them have the lowest self-esteem ever. Many of them yeah. actually have, are so insecure mm-hmm. that this is why, you know, that the looks is so important. 
Wow. Profound. Now, I got a hand grenade I'm going to throw on the table for all of you. All right? This is a huge question. And, Eddie, thank you for throwing this out there. What can we do to help our children that are living in this me world? We got a lot of grandparents here, aunts, uncles, parents, and there's a, there, there may even be some young people here. Mm. Um, who wants to start us off on giving advice, biblical advice to what we can do about responding to this me generation? Mm. Um, Jan, <laughs> you want to, you want to start? <laughs> okay. Let's migrate to Pastor Barry. You raised kids. You're a grandfather. And uh, a pastor, full-time. Give us some wisdom, my brother. Do it God's way. Uh, It's just that simple. He said, train up children. That's a military implication there Hmm. that places a responsibility on the parent uh, to teach their children how God wants them to live. And, uh, you know, this is uh, the passage from Ephesians 5. I just happened to teach it uh, last Sunday. Children, obey your parents for this is pleasing to the Lord. And uh, it's the first commandment, as he quotes from Deuteronomy, it's the first commandment with a promise that uh, things may be well with you and your days may be long on the earth. And, you know, if you look at the Proverbs over and over, the parents are told the importance of discipline, uh, not rewarding poor behavior. And this is a lot of what we're seeing today and why we're seeing so many with uh, just bizarre expectations of reward for poor performance and, and, you know, look at what our school systems are doing. They're graduating kids from grade to grade who didn't accomplish what that grade was supposed to teach them. We've got kids graduating high school who can't read at a first grade level. And yeah. they're being rewarded for uh, what they should be held back to, yeah. to learn and do properly. And, uh, you know, I think the, the home, the parents just need to do things God's way. Train up the child. Uh, yeah. Take the time. Make sure they're being taught the principles of the Lord. Uh, you know, certainly the, the characteristics of Christian behavior uh, need to be applied there, but they need to understand that this is something that God uh, has stated is important for them to do. So, hmm. you know, this this idea that, uh, you know, parenting is a child parent co-op uh, needs to get thrown out the window. Uh, mm-hmm. Parents have a responsibility uh, before the Lord to teach their children, to tell them uh, what it is that they should do and what mm-hmm. right and wrong is. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of pressures in the world today. Uh, no question about that. A lot of uh, uh, two-income parents, you know, or homes, rather, where both parents are working. It's hard to spend that time. And uh, especially when everybody's tired at the end of the day, they get home, the kids want to play and want that uh, mom or dad time. Uh, it just has to be given. And uh, yeah. just have to trust the Lord for the uh, extra measure of strength. And, Mike, you know, we... We did. We raised two wonderful kids. We have four awesome grandkids. And uh, this this just troubles us constantly, uh, the things they're being fed. And, uh, you know, let me just say this. I, I had a, a pair of parents come to me and said, we're going to send our daughter to Berkeley. And I said, why? That's where she wants to go. Do you know what Berkeley does to college students? I wouldn't send my dog to Berkeley, not because the education wouldn't be good, but because okay. basically what they're doing is they're taking uh, kids who are in that season of life where they're wondering about all things biblical and they're destroying their faith. And uh, this is exactly what happened. This child went home. 
and uh, is now some 10, 12 years later, uh, still has nothing to do with God because of what the college did to her. You don't need to send your kid to college, especially not to a college that's going to destroy what it is they believe. They become indoctrination centers. And the fact of the matter is, statistics tell us that most degrees that are now acquired by kids, uh, young people have nothing to do with the job they have afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just going to college and basically being indoctrinated and not really earning a degree that, you know, of course, lawyers and doctors and all that are, are in a different category. But, you know, we just have to do what's right and best for the kids spiritually. Spiritually is the first and top priority uh, above all else. You know, Pastor Barry, and I want to hear from you on this, Amir, as well. I have seen even divorced couples with completely different values, one a believer, for example, and the other one not at all a believer. And even in that equation, I see the kids with the godly parent. I see many of them following those values because it comes back to that biblical verse that his word will not return void, even in those scenarios. So I don't want people to be discouraged and say, oh, you know, Mm. you need both parents. That's, of course, the best biblical plan. But even if you are a single parent, if you're walking with God, your kids are watching. Yeah. Amir, what are your thoughts on this question? I think that I understand the question, but I want you to know that many times, as you just mentioned, uh, many times, actually, the child is learning from the parent. It's actually the adult that is becoming the me, 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 me. And then the child (laughs) is just imitating him. And, wow. and, and you get to the point True. where the child is not doing anything wrong in his eyes because, hey, my, my father, my mother, the, I mean, this is exactly how every, everybody around me is. Now, I think that many times, many times, you know how they say you are what you eat. I mean, that's what the, yeah. the world is saying. Yeah. I mean, you eat bad, you will feel bad, you will look for everything. But I'm, I just want to tell you, Mike, I've noticed that, um, the more you're soaking yourself and your family with, uh, you know, you know, choose carefully who your friends are, choose carefully what church you go to, choose carefully yeah. what things are they're hearing, because eventually these are the things you want to expose them to. And these are the things that will eventually, with the help of God, will shape them and and when you're a parent, you need to insist that as long as you are a minor, you go to church uh, with me. And uh, honestly, only in very rare cases, we, we allow uh, our, our any anyone, you know, we have only two left below 18. Uh, we allow them not to go. But uh, and that, you know, but but again, they always look at us. They always look at us. And so we have to be very careful uh, about that. In the case, the more they are surrounded with the right thing, the more they will turn into that right thing. But the, 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 the more they are surrounded with the wrong example, and most of it comes from directly from their parents, mm-hmm. the more likely that they will turn into one of those. Yeah, I appreciate these answers. We have four minutes left, and I'm going to shoehorn this last question in. So just keep keep the time in mind, everybody here. Jan, I'm dying to hear what you have to think about Maria's question. And I know that this is down your uh, expertise. When we see signs of me-ism, 
in our fellow believers. Is that something we believers should confront? Or are we just to accept that as a falling away as if it was prophesied to happen? Now, it's easier for you, Jan, because you have a radio station and you're confronting this on the front lines all the time. But what about the rest of us that don't have a medium to speak through? Um, how do you... Should we be confronting? Absolutely. I think we need to be confronting in in the most gentle way um, possible. Um, You know, it's difficult because we all want to be liked and we all want to be accepted (laughs) and everything. And telling inconvenient truth is so difficult. But I I think that that um, I think that the Lord would have us point these things out. Maybe we're going to lose a friend over it. I hope not. I mean, I hope people would be a a good receiver of something as important as what we're talking about. You know, I I think the the root of what we're talking about is probably in the last um, 25 years or so. The devil has become almost hyperactive in um, in the in the the various areas that we're talking about right now. And and by the way, and I want to slip something in here, and I'm not changing the topic. I just feel I feel I must mention this because this is live here on October the 30th, and tomorrow, speaking of the devil, is the devil's holiday, and I just exhort everyone watching today to pray against evil here this whole weekend, and and to limit what the, the devil's destruction on his special day tomorrow and particularly don't participate in it. Sorry if I'm throwing a monkey wrench in, I don't mean to, but let's not participate in the absolute worst day of the year when it comes to things that are are evil and of the devil. Please run from it and let's pray against what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Going back yeah. to your question, um, Mike, uh, yeah, let's lovingly confront one another on on this issue. I I strongly encourage. How can people change? They may not even know what they're doing unless we lovingly point out something mm-hmm. to them. I know yes. it's hard yep. to do. It's very hard. Thoughts on that, Pastor Barry? Uh How 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 do I? I have a friend that's that's a narcissist. How do I biblically confront them? Well, we speak the truth in love, and I, I think we this is part of what's going on in the church today is that because we've been told that, you know, the summary of uh, the law and the prophets is to love your neighbor, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And because culture has redefined love as acceptance of anything anyone thinks, believes and practices, uh, that's crept into the mentality of the church. And that's not yeah. what love is. Uh, you know, as we see that God, God isn't loving. God is love. That is what his nature is. That is his very essence and being. He is love itself. And yet he is the God who is the judge of all creation. And uh, he is the Lord who separates uh, sheep and goats and rips up tares from wheat and all these other things. So, you know, it's not that love is uh, exempt from speaking out. Uh, and that's where I think we need to maybe get back on track. And l- let me just add this. When we're dealing with one another, we need to make sure we stay within the parameters of biblically defined sin, not personal opinion on an interpretive matter. Yeah, exactly. uh, when the Bible says this is don't do this, do not do that. Mm. then that's where we take a hard line. Amen. Uh, you know, when it's just a matter uh, of personal interpretation or taste, 
Uh, we don't try and impose that mm. on uh, uh, other people. And, and that's kind of a segue into what Jan said, because every time this uh, uh, late October rolls around, I see negative comments about churches that have uh, fall festivals or, or whatever they want to call them. And uh, we have one at our church and we have a family dinner and it gives uh, one, it gives the families an opportunity to get their kids away from what's going on in the world into a safe atmosphere. And it also protects them from drawing a negative association with Halloween because the next school day, every single person or with Christianity, I should say, uh, there should be a negative association with Halloween. But every school day after Halloween, what are all the kids going to be talking about? They're going to be talking about candy. And, uh, well, we didn't get any candy. Well, what's that going to present to the non-believing kid? Well, yeah, Christianity is all a bunch of you can't do this, you can't do that. Hmm. We always took our kids to the store, gave them money, let them buy candy until their heads would spin. (laughs) And they could eat it all up just like anybody else. The church at that time didn't have a a fall festival or whatever. So. You know, I think we need to be careful about throwing stones at uh, somebody that's doing something to try and intervene and give the opportunity to avoid that. Families can be together. One, you're not knocking on doors, getting candy from strangers. Uh, you're in the safe church atmosphere. You're having dinner with your family, playing games with the family, going home with a bag of candy. All is good. Satan was not exalted. Jesus was. And um, and the kids got candy, too. Hmm. Yeah. Thank Can you. I say Robert? one more thing, Mike? Uh, sorry, what was that, Jan? Can I just say one more thing? Yeah, please. You, you mentioned radio, Mike, and I just want to say that uh, this weekend on Understanding the Times Radio, it, it's on 900 stations. Find it on my website. I'm playing Amir's message from Behold He Comes back on September 11th, the final jihad, and people need to hear the unique insights that Amir brings to this whole, um, what happened on 9-11 and, and what are the deeper meanings of this last day's Islamic jihad and what's going to happen to Islam in the end time, the very last days. And mm-hmm. he brings all of this out in this outstanding message. So if you, if you haven't been to the Behold He Comes or seen it online, just go to olivetreeviews.org and then go to radio and you can mm-hmm. access the video there and catch this, this outstanding message that Amir gave that uh, back on September 11th. We appreciate that so much that we appreciate these partnerships. I know we're out of time, but Amir, just any, any thoughts on this question? Because I want to do a few announcements before we close out. I'm just saying as a Jew, I don't have to worry about Halloween. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you don't have that. We've got other things to worry about here. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so just a few things before we close. I know we're a little few minutes over. I just mm-hmm. want to emphasize, um, number one, those of you who are watching, this is our main channel. We also have a Behold Israel community channel. If you're interested in joining with us in prayer or if you want to join our public readings of Scripture or our young adult discipleship, there is a clue that answers this last question. Go mm-hmm. to the community uh, channel. It's right there on mm-hmm. YouTube and click subscribe, and click the bell for notifications, and also encourage your young people to be there. Hmm. Know this, know this, know this. Hmm. Jan's already said that. She has a website, a radio station, and she's also on Instagram, Facebook, Gab, Telegram, and Rumble. 
So let that cook. We're, we're here to give you tools, everybody, in these mm-hmm. last days. And this is an awesome tool. And then also for Pastor Barry, he has opened up a whole new realm in his, in his uh, camp. And that's the lineup, which really is Middle East updates from a prophetical, biblical perspective and world events. And so that's Thursdays at 7 p.m. He also has social media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Telegram. Now, keep in mind, friends, this final thing. This is my last challenge before we close out and have some, uh, have one of you pray is that the book is still under pre-sale in Amazon. And I plead with you, if you want to get this book into the hands of people in neighborhoods and every other place. Operation Yoktan book. Uh, yeah. Operation Yoktan. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll say this finally, we have some brand new DVDs. Yes, new teachings available on the Behold Israel shop. Shop.beholdisrael.org. Boy, I feel like I'm an infomercial right now. But this is good stuff, and there it is, the final <laughs> <Yeah>. jihad. <laughs> so if you want to play that DVD in your small group or even in your church group, that is available for sale. We can have now, the promo of the book if you want, if people want to see. Yeah. Now, before we end, um, Amir, can you close us in prayer? Maybe uh-huh. even a blessing. Can you do our, can you yes. do the uh, coveted mm-hmm. aromic blessing yes. and a prayer over us? Father, we thank you for what we've heard today. We are indeed saddened to see that uh, there are so many things that are happening around the world that are taking people uh, away from you and what you've done to save them and give them eternal life. But at the same time, through the scriptures, we were promised that these are things that are going to come. And we are encouraged to know that we indeed live in the end times. And we also are encouraged to know that uh, there is a way, truth, and life in which his name is Jesus. And we are, Father, we are asking that you will draw people unto yourself through this program today so they will come to the uh, ultimate uh, ultimate knowledge uh, of the Lord and, uh, and, and, and submit themselves to his work in their life and get eternal life through it. Father, we also ask that um, people who will watch this uh, today or in the next few days will not be discouraged, um, but encouraged. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, be, we'll be having hope that uh, there is hope in this world. His name is Jesus. There is life in the midst mm-hmm. of all of death. And his name is Jesus. And there is one and only way to that eternal life in the midst of all this chaos. And his name is Jesus. And if following him will and focusing on him and looking at him, it will cause us to not uh, have to deal with all the negative consequences of concentrating on ourselves. We thank you and we bless you. Yevarechecha Adonai v'yishmerecha, Yair Adonai panav elecha v'yichuneka, Yisa Adonai panav elecha v'yasem lecha shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's close.